0: You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH, The Flush. Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrash and Kill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toilet of Hell radio show. I'm joined today by the good and golden boy. You know him. You love him. He's the internet sweetheart. He's 365 days of horror. He's Jordan. Jordan, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Joe?
0: I'm good. I'm, no, I'm. Let's take that. I'm tired. I'm. I am extremely tie tie at this exact moment. But I am going to do my best to fucking carry the enormous burden of doing a one hour podcast every week. You know, just just for the people out there.
1: You and a Sisyphus rolling that boulder up the hill.
0: Exactly. That's that's exactly how I feel. I'm Joe Joe at this moment. Uh, I uh, I got just through a scheduling quirk i did 5 12-hour shifts in a row in the er and man i saw like i saw some shit this time around it was uh, really really ground me down a bit so having today off this beautiful memorial day to record with my buddy it's uh, it's a nice break from things
1: just away from the world and hunched over your computer like you should be
0: like god intended so uh we got a few things to do on the show i think it's going to be a fun time uh, you know what? What what have you been up to this week? Do anything cool?
1: Nah, just hanging out. This you know, holiday weekends, just staying inside, watching Netflix, avoiding people as per usual. That's that's a good
0: plan. Um, me and Kit went out to see uh, Blood Incantation and uh, Immolation and um, Obituary on tour this week. Um, it was a Monday night, I believe. Blood Incantation was on stage by 7.30 p.m. It was incredible. I know you and I talk about this all the time, but I didn't think it could actually happen where a band that I wanted to see would go on stage at like a normal time.
1: (laughs) That's how it should be. There's no need for a band to go on at 11.30 at night or midnight or one. Just play at a normal time. Everyone gets to go home, especially if you're in like a major metropolitan area where people prefer not to drive or don't even have a car, where they could still get some public transportation back home. That's much better for everyone involved.
0: I mean, the explanation I've always gotten for this is that, you know, venues are more interested in being bars than venues. But, like, we have no shortage of bars. If people want to drink, they have a a, a litany of options, whereas if they want to watch a band, the options are much fewer. You, You can sell beer at either one of these things. It's fine, but people... People could drink anywhere. They don't want to fucking stay at your shitty ass venue till 2 a.m. just to see the headliner. It sucks. It sucks ass.
1: Anyway. Alternatively, if the show happens earlier, but like the venue stays open later, like the show's done by, I don't know, 11, and the venue's open till midnight or 1, people can either sober up because they've been drinking, or they could have one or two more, or perhaps buy a bar snack or something like that, where they keep spending money instead of. I don't know, you get in liability and trouble because someone's (laughs) been pounding Paps Blue Ribbon before last call and they go out driving afterwards.
0: I'm just saying, maybe the bands finish and your staff immediately pulls out like ping pong tables. Like, I think people would stick around for that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just a dreamer. <laughs>
1: it could be like the old-timey jazz clubs during Prohibition where the show ends and the bartender just pulls a lever and the stage switches and it's like skee-ball and arcade games.
0: <laughs> I would go to that. Absolutely. That sounds like a fun time. But, uh, you know, regardless, we, we live where we do now. Uh, in For me, like the only options of uh, getting to see a cool band at a normal time is if you have a venue that's in the middle of a residential neighborhood. <laughs> Uh, so, good on, uh, let's see, w- w- the Granada Theater and uh, and Blood Incantation and Immolation and Obituary. I gotta say, Immolation, uh, really, like, those guys are old. They're so much, they're so good. It's the sensation of, like, seeing Creator uh, a few months ago. Like, how are you better now than you've ever been? Really good stuff. I love that.
1: Because they've been doing it for 30 years. They've got it down to a science.
0: Yeah, but how do you explain somebody like Danzig? <laughs> who has been doing the same thing this entire time, and is so very bad at it now.
1: Because no one's giving him his motherfucking French onion soup and motherfucking spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's.
0: God, I was at that show. I waited for him to get his fucking chicken sandwich so he could do two songs and then get kicked off the stage because of the curfew. (sighs) So I've seen Danzig four times now, and every one of them has been fucking dog shit. And I, you know what? I almost got suckered again, man, because I saw a flyer the other day that said Danzig is going to play the first album in its entirety, right? That album that we, we actually uh, we saw a very negative review of it in one of our uh, classic metal mags la- last week,
1: right? We did, yeah. I mean, that's now considered a classic heavy metal album, although apparently the feeling wasn't as universal back then when it came out.
0: Yeah, people were saying that it sounded too good. Yes, I agree. It's too fucking jamming. Um, But there's two things here that hold me back here. Uh, The first Danzig album in its entirety, it's just Danzig, though. He doesn't have, like, Eerie Vaughn or anybody else, like, playing with him that was on their original one. It's just some guys. Uh, That's not good. Uh, Number two, the other bands on this include Midnight, Twin Temple, and, of course, Old Nergi himself opening up the show.
1: What a strange lineup.
0: Very strange lineup. Uh, Midnight is at the bottom of this. I would have figured they would have gotten better billing
1: over Twin Temple anyway. Yeah, that's a little bit of an one. Man, Twin Temple's going to eat a lot of shit on that show. <laughs> Good. I don't, ha- I-, I don't have a problem with them. They are doing their doo Satan thing, which is kind of silly and fun. But, I mean, in between Midnight and Behemoth, forget about it.
0: Forget about it. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I suppose that our feelings about uh, Behemoth on this show are pretty well known. So we, not, we need not dive into that. Uh, but the, the other factor preventing me from being excited about this is, as I had mentioned, four times now, just shitting the bed in every conceivable method of performance, Danzig is past his prime. It's bad. It's elder abuse at this point. I don't know, man. Have you, have you had a chance to see him before?
1: No, and from everything that I've heard from other people that have seen him, it's been bad pretty much all the time, so, eh, why bother to see that stuff? If I would ever to see him live, it would be doing misfits stuff anyway.
0: I did see that, and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm more excited about Vampire and the Pale Lone Rider House, or whatever the fuck it's called.
1: In the House of Vampires? Um That's still not easily available or watchable anywhere, and I don't know if we'll ever get to see it anytime soon. I think we're going to have to rely on some sort of Russian hacker to leak it to a torrent site for us to be able to see it.
0: It could be. I I thought it would certainly premiere at uh, Cannes Film Festival this year, but I I guess it got snubbed, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, their quotient of piece of shit people involved was just too high as they gave a standing ovation to Johnny Depp, who was, uh, I forget which French king, but played a French king in some movie.
0: Uh, that sounds awful. Absolutely unsufferable.
1: Um, and like he doesn't he doesn't speak French. Like, I think he has very few lines in this movie. So it's even worse than it sounds.
0: That's terrible, dude. Uh, I I rewatched City of Lost Children for the first time in a long time very recently and that's got uh, fuck who's the fucking guy that uh, played uh, Ron Perlman Ron Perlman is in in this movie and he's speaking perfect French in this movie because he learned like how to phonetically say all this stuff didn't actually learn the language but like faked an entire two hour movies worth of French and that shit is impressive uh, then fucking Johnny Depp didn't even try that shit sucks
1: And now apparently Johnny Depp can't go on tour with his Hollywood vampires because he hoid his ankle. Well,
0: he hoided his ankle. Did somebody get fallout blackout drunk and hoid his little ankle?
1: (laughs) Kind of like how Jimmy Fallon degloved his hands.
0: It's funny that this guy is just on TV every night laughing like an idiot and just behind the scenes an absolutely dangerous alcoholic. Uh, That's good stuff. Anyway, I forgot where we were going with this. Uh, Danzig, this tour, not gonna, definitely not going to get suckered again. I will not get suckered out on this again. Uh, but uh, wh- what have you seen this week that's, uh, that's really uh, puzzled you?
1: One, something that puzzled you even more than me was Typo Negative has a new music video for a song that was released in 2007.
0: Let's see, what year are we in now?
1: The year of our Lord, 2023.
0: Hmm. Seems like they're a little late on this one. Um, th- I did see this. Uh it bothered me. <laughs> it bothered me a lot. Um let's see. The the song is uh, Halloween in Heaven and it was notable because typo negative like the band is tagged on all the social accounts like it's a current active unit uh have have put together and released a new video for Halloween in heaven, which is AI generated. How do, how do you, how do you feel about, it? I know you're a big, you know, typo negative fan. How do you, how do you feel about this?
1: Well, the reason why they're doing this just to step back for a second is because nuclear blast re-released their last album dead again as some sort of like 15 year anniversary nonsense. It's just a way to recoup some sort of money. Uh, With all things considered, Nuclear Blast didn't put out this album. It was put out through Steam Hammer SPV. So I guess they got the rights to it and looked at their watch and counted down the seconds until they could have an anniversary to put this thing out. And, you know, it's on all sort of green and splattery vinyl. And I guess to promote this sort of thing, they put out this AI-generated video from a song from 2007. They put it out on May 22nd, which apparently is World Goth Day. So, I guess that's Ah, they that, trying day, to, that
0: day that we all celebrate and know about.
1: Yeah, you know, right up there with Secretary's Day. Yeah. And um, I guess they wanted to capitalize on hashtags and put out this AI video. As far as AI things go, there's far worse, I guess, is the best compliment I can give it. I um, mean, just,
0: just today I was seeing. Uh, Some absolute dullard on Twitter, uh, excitedly sharing this AI video uh, that was a conversation between uh, fucking Bill Gates and Socrates. It was absolutely knuckle as knuckle-draggingly stupid as you can imagine it would be.
1: See, if someone wanted to have fun, they would use Socrates from Bill and Ted and put him in instead. Absolutely.
0: But these people have no sense of humor, they have no sense of joy, no curiosity. They are... They are the NPCs that we were warned about.
1: (laughs) So in this video, it's once you know it's AI. I mean, you could tell anyway by looking at it, but once you know, like they're very upfront about it, you can see that it follows follows along the lyrics very carefully where you can tell someone's putting in a prompt. Okay, he says, Halloween in heaven. I'm going to type in witches and clouds, okay? That's that image. When he says, uh, Christmas in hell, I'm going to put in Christmas tree and fire. Okay, that's this scene. So the artist, or the person behind it, I guess they consider themselves an artist, Corin Lair, L-A-R-R-E, said, when Nuclear Blast asked me to make this video using artificial intelligence, I was eager to explore the thousand possibilities offered by this new technology. I ended up using a combination of two platforms, one that generated images and the other transforming said images into video. The lyrics left the field open to a lot of experimentation leading to this universe, both eerie and kitsch, which I hope pays homage to the band. The real challenge was the integration of legendary artists into this imagery. And in the songs, they mention, you know, John Lennon, Jimi Hendrix. So they show up in this video. The real challenge was the integration of legendary artists into this imagery. It's hard to explain to the AI the small details that make them unique as humans. In the end, hundreds, even thousands of iterations must have been made for this video. As an artist, I think it is necessary to remain humble when using artificial intelligence as the topic has quite rightly caused some ethical debate in the creative world. In my opinion, these creations should not be seen as artistic works in their own right, but as the first steps of a technology that will revolutionize audiovisual creation in the coming years.
0: Sounds awful, man. Sounds absolutely unbearable
1: this isn't going to be good and this isn't art, but I'm still going to get paid doing it. Uh,
0: essentially. I mean, I'm glad that he's able to say that this is not art because it's not, of course we know that, but it's this, uh, I don't know, glee that these AI dipshits have with like, this is the future where all of this shit, uh, all of our culture ac- exports are just, you know, auto generated by the computer. <laughs> like you don't have to actually have any real, you know, ideas behind it, any craft, uh, you don't have to spend years developing any kind of talent. It's just computer make it. I watch it good.
1: <laughs> and it's weird seeing some of these people and they're not artists. The ones that are touting it the most are like, well, I'm just going to feed prompts to a computer and write a best-selling novel. I'm going to make a hit movie. No, you're not. It's not no, going to happen.
0: No, but what they are doing is completely choking out any life or energy from these spaces. And it's like just walking into a big group of like people having like an intelligent discussion and just letting out a nasty ass fart, like, I'm helping <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, again, the most incurious people on earth that are so excited about this. So you know, I, I saw this uh, and like on Blabbermouth, and the Blabbermouth comments, really, fuck. Really getcha, don't they? Um, let's see. Jeff Burbank here says it's typo negative, so it's always good stuff. Thank you, Jeff Burbank, with a picture of your car as your profile pic.
1: Yeah, he must just be really ugly.
0: Uh, Austin Party uh, says here. I swear, Peter smiles at the very end. It's a smirk, Missy Green man. Um, and again, like this is all AI generated shit. So he's he's not smiling. It's it's the computer doing shit with shadows that it doesn't fully grasp because it doesn't understand what a person is. So that's what you're seeing there. Sorry, Austin. And then my favorite here is Wayne Marsala. Do you know old Wayne Marsala?
1: I know his cousin, uh, Tim Chicken Parm.
0: I mean, uh, fucking Dwight Cannoli, always a nice guy. Uh, but Wayne Marsala, I got no good feelings about him. He says here, I'm loving all this new AI stuff. Bands are going to have a rough time ahead if they keep writing horrible music. They need the competition. Now, what do, you, what do you think about that?
1: I think that's an old person who doesn't know what they're talking about.
0: Like, this is a new level in hater-ass boomer shit to me. Like, you know, it's it goes beyond, like, the new music sucks, only the music that was around when I was a teenager was any good, to saying... I would prefer if a computer made music instead of these new bands because these new bands are no good.
1: I can't wait for these robots to smother babies in their cribs. That will make all the other people alive that much better.
0: It's just like this is one facet of just an an ever-expanding orb of evil. It's, uh, you know, like you and I have seen the results, like what happens if you use chat GPT and ask it like a simple question, you're going to get some fucking bullshit out of it. You and I have heard the fake music that people make with AI. It fucking sucks. And yet every person with their fingers on the levers of power is full steam ahead with adopting all of this, despite it sucking shit, uh, because they are excited about the process, uh, the pro the, the process of firing every human that generates wealth for them and replacing it with a computer that, you know, does not need to eat, sleep, or get health insurance. Uh, The end product for, you know, all music, art, business is going to be just a complete clusterfuck, unworkable horseshit that nobody will like or appreciate it. But, I mean, it it doesn't matter. That's what's going to happen. And I just, it, it, it fills me with so much dread. And then seeing, again, like these blabbermouth commenters... Or the uh, incurious dullards who are making this technology be so excited about it. I just, I want to punch them all in their noses.
1: At the end of the day, it's, that's all they want to do is get rid of all these pesky workers that have families and have to eat and use the bathroom. They want to get rid of all that. They want it to pay them. They can just pay one person a one-time fee to get a ChatGPT or some other sort of program that will do everything for them. And for a portion of the population, they won't care. They'll slop it up because it has uh, Marvel attached to it or Star Wars or whatever. But, uh, you know, as it comes to art and entertainment, there's always going to be an underground or a desire to see genuine things. Like, there's always going to be a basement with bands in it that people are going to want to go to. So... You know, you'll probably have a bigger divide of people happily going to see Hatsune Miku Hologram play live. But you'll still have young people excited to sweat on each other in a parking lot to see death metal bands or punk bands or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm always happy that that's going to be the case. I'm just really bummed about like just how we're oversimplifying literally everything on Earth in favor of feed it to the fucking computer. I mean, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but uh, the entire staff at uh, an eating disorder helpline have been fired yeah. for a chatbot to replace them. Like, you, is, is if that's all you think that a human is capable of is writing the same canned response to people in crises, like... What's the point of having a society? Like, can we just go ahead and burn it all down? There's
1: no, none of this is worth anything. I'm curious. I didn't read into it, but I wonder if that company, if they're like, are they for profit or something? Like, what's, what's the point? They just don't want to pay people $7.50 an hour to answer phone calls and talk to people and possibly save lives. The whole point of this phone call?
0: Yeah, I, I, it just seems to me like where there are areas to cut corners, people are happy to do that. And Has no
1: one seen Chopping Mall? It's going to end bad.
0: I don't know. I really, I don't think anything's going to be nearly as fun as that. That's what's unfortunate about it.
1: <laughs> You're not going to get, hi, my name is Brenda. I have a calm, soothing voice. I'm going to listen to you. Crush, kill, destroy. (laughs) That's not going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, our future
0: instead is going to be much dumber, I think. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm happy to see that uh, Nuclear Blast is uh, going ahead and uh, digging up the corpse of Pete Steele to try to get... A few extra dollars from these simps out there, and I'm glad to see that, you know, the idiots that slop up, uh, you know, this kind of shit, the boomers specifically, are happy with the end result. As for me, I took one look at this and realized that it was uh, just rev- uh, revolting to look at. I felt revulsion looking at what a primitive computer thought a person should look like.
1: Well, I hope the remaining members of the band at least get a little bit of money out of it. I
0: guess so. May God have mercy on your souls. I'm sure they don't care. Uh, probably not. Uh, you know, this is, this is in the past. It's uh, onward and forward into the abyss. Uh, what else did you, uh, you see this week that you think that uh, we ought to keep our, our listeners abreast of?
1: So do you want to get more fired up or do you want to have a little bit of levity?
0: You know what? Let's let's keep this fire train going, then we can level off a little bit towards the end.
1: Man, this this thing really annoyed me, and I know it it popped up for a couple days on the social medias, and um, I'm sure there'll be no follow up. But Tool, you remember Tool? Boo! Tool. Yes. Um, it just reminded me. What was it? Danny Carey, who got arrested for assaulting someone at an airport ended up like not getting charged with anything.
0: Oh, yeah. Just wasted wearing like a Broncos jersey fighting another man when you're 60 years old. It's so good.
1: So this story initially popped up a few days ago. And in fairness to the band, it was a lot of assumptions from various blogs and websites. But at the Welcome to Rockville Festival, Tool Played, And maiden James Keenan had performed with a ridiculous blonde wig, ridiculous lipstick all over his face, and prosthetic breasts. And it's worth pointing out that Welcome to Rockville takes place in Daytona Beach, Florida. Now, these various blogs and websites had said that Keenan had done this in in order to, I guess... Stick it to Ron DeSantis or Republicans or Florida in general, which has been banning drag, drag performances, all sorts of bad shit going on in that state. And yeah,
0: like the, the original Loudwire article here says, Tools major James Keenan appears to be challenging Florida's new anti-drag laws when he performed in drag, donning prosthetic dress, exaggerated lipstick, and a blonde wig for Tools. Welcome to Rockville set. Uh so I mean, again, that's like you said that's a big assumption, and it wasn't just loudwire, it was every single one of these fucking you know blogs that just human centipede across the internet
1: right, everyone picked up on it. oh, he's doing this thing, let's talk about it mainyard good, tool good um unfortunately, that wasn't the case, and like I said, this was assumptions by some of these places and when asked about it by something called the messenger.
0: No idea. Yeah.
1: The messenger.com. You know, understandably he said that's not the case and that's fine. If that, you know, that's not your intention and you're explaining, I wasn't doing that. Like, okay, that's fine. That wasn't your intention. But Maynard being Maynard, he had to be a total fucking dickhead when explaining this. It's, (laughs) It's pretty crazy the technology and the prosthetics nowadays, how they've come along. And I was just considering bringing the look back. And that's really all there is to it. That's fine. Okay, fine. I'm not a political fella. Mm-hmm. That's not true, by the way. Yeah. Had nothing to do with Florida. It's amazing to me how every single thing you say or do is twisted and conformed into some fundamentalist, far right. Or far left.
0: There again. we go. There we go. You did it. You both sides. You piece of fucking shit.
1: And he didn't have to. He could have just said no. No, that wasn't my intention. Uh, you know, sorry to confuse people. Whatever. And that would have been fine. It would have been weak, but it would have been fine. But no, 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 no. That's not the case. When asked if he faced any legal repercussions for his performance at the aforementioned festival, which was an all ages event, Keenan responded, "Nobody's enforcing it." They just do that and they throw it out there to shore up their base for an election year.
0: I mean, is is he so sure about that? Because it sure does seem like a whole lot of people uh, just lost all of their health care. Like all of their health, like gender affirming care is essentially illegal in in that state. Uh, A lot of people are completely left without recourse. Uh, People's kids are being taken away, uh, like kidnapped by state agents for the crime of having a trans child. So, I mean, he seems pretty confident with his statements. I'm sure he can back it up. He's one of those uh, facts and figures guys, right?
1: They're probably not enforcing it against a rich musician who was in their state for an hour to perform and then getting the fuck out of there to go back to his Napa Valley farm. Keenan was also asked if he considers himself a part of the drag community, to which he offered, on occasion, I am a drag queen. I've been a drag queen. I'm casual, so the hardcore people are going to dismiss me as being a terrorist. Let's be honest. I'm 59, so last night's performance looked more like Brienne of Tarth on her worst day. Hmm. Don't. The Game of Thrones character. Speaking further on his views on drag as self-expression, and if he shares solidarity with the community, Keenan stated, solidarity with people who are not afraid to express themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. People that want to express themselves in whatever fucking way they want to express themselves. As long as they're not physically, directly hurting someone, yeah, go for it. I'm all for you. If there's any takeaway, it's be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself.
0: Man, that really does just kind of like cement this warm, fuzzy, I have nothing of substance to offer kind of vibe.
1: Nothing. Just the softest, tepest, lukewarm milk response to any of this.
0: And like, he says I'm not a political fellow, but like, the article that I'm seeing, he's wearing a shirt that is very clearly in support of Israel's military. <laughs> and like, in the past, uh, his uh, one of his big chive epic bacon things was, you know, making his wine, uh, like putting pork in his wine so that it wouldn't be vegan. Just like, you, you have nothing behind you but like resentment. Like you're just a spoiled rich old man who is just mad that's it you d- you don't actually believe in anything
1: it's really his political his political affiliation is being a dick
0: essentially and it's like this is not novel in any way and if all the bands in the world where fans fall over themselves to so like fawn over the genius of some visionary musician Tool is is the one that is most confusing to me. Like, I, I get it. Uh, they had some lyrics about uh, Carl Jung and some horse shit about geometry, but there is absolutely nothing behind those eyes.
1: And they treat their fans with such contempt.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I well-deserved, by the way. Like, Tool fans <laughs> are, deserve every bit of that shit.
1: <laughs> you just kind of lean back in your chair and you don't stop them from doing it. <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, I just, you know, this one's out for the discord boys who love pressing that little button as you would assume, I suppose with that, we can maybe move on a little bit. Uh, hate, hate this man. Uh, don't really, don't really care for the music either, but that's secondary to my hatred for him. That's fair. How about something a little funnier like you were suggesting?
1: Well, we can go back to our new ongoing segment, which is reading old magazines from the 80s and 90s. How about that?
0: Boy, I got to tell you, nothing puts me in a better mood than digging through these fucking things. It is so much fun.
1: It's such a trip to read through some of these. And like, obviously, the music and metal scene was a lot smaller. But one of the things I'm coming across is just the general weirdness of seeing like a five page spread on Van Halen next to a two page spread of like the aside. Uh,
0: I was reading through a metal forces mag that gave like a two page uh, feature on uh, San Antonio Slayer and then about a paragraph on the other Slayer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that's one of those things in a lot of these magazines that going month to month, it's like, we interviewed Rob Halford this month. We're going to interview him next month. We're going to talk to these same bands over and over. And Sometimes it'll be an album review. Sometimes it's like single reviews. Sometimes it's music video reviews. Just all sorts of the same kind of thing for just the small amount of bands. And then on occasion you'll get like, here's a demo from a band we've never heard of that we're giving a five out of five stars to.
0: That's it's such a funny thing, too. I love going through all these reviews and every it's like this is a nine. This is an eight. This is a nine. This is an eight. And like maybe out of 40 reviews, you have one that's like a seven. It's like, I don't I don't really feel this one as
1: much. <laughs> we're seeing like which bands were really talked about in 1988 versus now. Like a lot of the ones I've seen, a lot of these magazines are like big up on the crumb suckers.
0: Really? I yeah. mean, I like that one record <laughs> that I've heard uh, but again, that's not a band that you really think about too too much
1: nowadays. So here is a review for a little band that people may have heard of called Mayhem.
0: Uh, is that the one what the, they made the movie about?
1: With Macaulay Culkin's brother? Yeah, that's, a, that's the one. Yeah, it's the one. Okay. Yet another Mayhem, this time from Norway. And after listening to this tape, I sure hope they've got the decency to stay here. I'm going to read that again, because I fucked it up. Yet another mayhem, this time from Norway. And after listening to this tape, I sure hope they've got the decency to stay there. (laughs) The band claimed that this demo, entitled Pure Fucking Armageddon, features the, quote, worst possible sound quality. And there's not many people who disagree with that, exclamation point, exclamation point. It consists of sides "fuck," studio quality, mm-hmm. and off, unmixed. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really matter as most of the songs are featured on both sides anyway. <laughs> the unmixed side is actually a far superior sound. Not that this makes it any more listenable. The intro, voice of a tortured skull, sounds like a Tom War, <laughs> a Tom in parentheses warrior cat. Wow. <laughs> uh- with its balls in a lawnmower, and is probably the best thing on the demo, although only because it features just one instrument, meaning we don't have to suffer the terrible attempts at drumming that plague the rest of the songs. Damn. The tracklist tells me that there's a total death version of Venom's black metal on here somewhere, but if there is, then I can't recognize the bloody thing. <laughs> there are no vocals whatsoever on this entire demo, and it's only the occasional loud farting noises that convince me of the presence of a bassist. (laughs) Exclamation point. Exclamation point. This is just shit, and the band are proud of that fact. They proclaim, we crush what we don't like. What a good idea. Exit to the sound of this tape being smashed underfoot. (laughs) Band contact. Mayhem. Box 75, 1405, Langhouse, Norway. This review is written by Mick Grazier.
0: Well, Nick, when you're right, you're right. I mean, I can't argue with a single fucking thing he said there. Seems like he had him dead to rights from the beginning. Get him, Mick, get him. <laughs> uh, which, uh, what magazine was this in?
1: Uh, I think this was metal forces.
0: Big ups to metal forces. So far, my favorite of the crew. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um, Let's see. I've got uh, one that I found in Metal Forces the other day that uh, gave me a little chuckle. Uh, How would you feel about talking about, uh, as you mentioned, Tom G. Warrior? uh, Hellhammer.
1: Let's hell it up. (laughs) All right.
0: This is Bernard Doe in Metal Forces uh, issue two, I think, in 1983. Amongst the endless stream of demos that drop through the letterbox week in and week out, now and again, one in particular will stand head and shoulders above the rest. It happened with Metallica, Exciter, Kraken, Pretty Maids, and Hellstar, to name a few. And now it's happened with Hellhammer. With Metallicas and Exciters, it was with its sheer power and class. However, with Hellhammer, it's because it's so fucking bad. You've... (laughs) You've literally got to hear this demo to believe it. It's guaranteed to make even the hardest of hardcore rivet heads cringe in disbelief. Hellhammer, formerly known as Hammerhead, come from Switzerland of all places and were formed, more like Thrown Up, in May 1982. A three-piece band consisting of Satanic Slaughter, his brother Savage Damage, and Bloodhunter, Hellhammer takes the meaning of death metal at its extreme. You've surely got to be dead to appreciate this, although brain damage may help. However, the band like to describe their music, question mark, as blood attack, and proclaim themselves as being the axe attack from the darker side of metal. Now, anyone who knows me will tell you that I like my heavy metal, and make no mistake, Hellhammer are H-E-A-V-Y. Indeed, they make Venom sound like the Bee Gees, but surely you've got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> The band have the right idea, but unfortunately, the musicianship and production of this demo entitled Triumph of Death is way below zero. I mean, does anyone really want to listen to 13 tracks of total distortion with vocals that sound like Lemmy with a mouthful of warts? The standout track, i.e. worst track on this monstrosity has to be Maniac, which is so bad, it's actually quite likable. I guarantee it will make you smile if nothing else. As for the rest, we'll all leave you to discover metal, mental lick mental lick gems such as crucifixion, decapitator, blood insanity, death fiend, ready for slaughter, etc. for yourself. If for some insane reason you want to obtain a copy of Triumph of Death, then you can do so by sending three dead rats and a bag of blood vomit or $3 to Hellhammer P.O. Box 12 8309 Nurensdorf, Switzerland. It's by Bernard Doe. Thank you, Bernard.
1: It's good to hear these, to see that, you know, some opinions have changed, some music may have changed to be appreciated, but it's also good to see that, you know, just because lots of people talk about something online in glowing terms doesn't mean everyone feels that way.
0: Yeah, for every Triumph of Death t-shirt that I've seen, uh, I'm going to guess about half that many people have actually listened to the record. <laughs>
1: Whenever these reviews say, like, send $3 to this dress, I'm almost tempted to do it just to see (laughs) what kind of response I'd get back.
0: Just like a guy named Hans finds $3 in his mailbox. He's like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Hellhammer. It happened again. (laughs) Uh, I love that idea. Let's give it a try. Maybe, I don't know, Tom G. Warrior might still have that same mailbox.
1: He just puts on, like, his grandma reading glasses Just uh, checks off things, sticks in one of the albums into a padded envelope, licks it, and sends it off. That's a nice thought. That is a nice thought.
0: I like it. I'm going to give it a try.
1: He has his indoor beanie on instead of his outdoor beanie.
0: (laughs) Uh, Are there any others that you wanted to share on this particular episode? I know that you you sent me one this week that tickled me to no end. Can we maybe do that one?
1: Which one? Because I sent you a bunch.
0: My favorite is about uh, a track from the best Friday, th- uh, from the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie.
1: Okay, this is a fun one, and we'll see what people want to do because we may have to do a Patreon episode of just these because we keep finding some good ones. I know, but this was, I believe, this was from Kerrang! in the late eighties. And for this article, uh, Charlie Benante and Scott Ian of Anthrax were both asked about a bunch of different songs and giving their opinion on them. And for the most part, it was whatever. But one that particularly tickled both of us was they were asked about Dawkins' Dream Warriors. Now, you're a fan of that song, right? Dream Warriors kicks ass,
0: dude. The Dream Warriors! Dream Warriors! And that video and the videos fucking the songs good
1: the videos good
0: fucking George Lynch get, breaking the goddamn chains to shred that's so sick dude
1: <laughs> so they were asked about this song and Scott Ian says everything that's wrong with music is in this song every cliche possible it's the same riff if I've ever heard it once I've heard it a thousand times the same cheesy voice with the same cheesy words if you consider anthrax heavy metal, I don't know how you can call Doc and heavy metal too. Wow. Wow. And Charlie responds, ridiculous. I get angry that they're doing this. It lacks substance. It's so wrong. How dare they?
0: It lacks substance. From fucking Charlie Benante of all people. Seriously? Like, how does now, this- Now, I'm, I'm the man that has substance. Shh. Uh it's it's no cotton amash for sure. <laughs> uh it's no
1: Indians. Jesus.
0: Where where do these motherfuckers get off? Because for my money, Dream Warriors by Dawkins is a better song than anything Anthrax has ever done. I realize some people agree with my assessment there, but I stand by it. I do not like Anthrax. It's it's a
1: song for a the third part of a horror movie quadruply or how many movies are involved with it now but it's just it's a pop metal song for a movie what do you want it to be
0: yeah and for that matter like as many songs as we can think of from the 80s made for horror movies you know like it's a nightmare on my street <laughs> like this, or uh,
1: alice cooper's the man behind the mask
0: yeah this one this one goes hard it goes hard as fuck i mean it's The greatest is probably Pet Cemetery" by the Ramones, though. That that one's actually super fucking sweet. But this one's good, too. (laughs) I don't
1: want to be buried in a pet cemetery.
0: cemetery. Don't want to live my life again. again. I
1: actually heard that on the radio not that long ago. I discovered... In my area, like, I've just had the one crummy classic rock station, but flicking around, I found it's, like, the local prep school has a radio station. And there's, like, no DJs on it. There's, like, one show at night, and then on the weekends, they play, like, EDM and house music. So it's pretty much just nonstop music with just a generic, you're listening to whatever station it is, and... For the most part, it's like '80s and '90s. It's a lot of like '80s, uh, like new wave music, I yeah. guess. But on occasion, uh, they'll play Rancid or Social Distortion, and they actually played Pet Cemetery by Ramones. I know it's not a person doing it; it's just a playlist on Spotify. Oh, um, because sometimes you could hear the quality of it's real shitty because it's probably like ripped from YouTube or something like that. But it's it's better than what I have to go on. But I just funny little synergy between now and hearing that song a few weeks ago. I was really
0: excited about the prospect of like the baddest gothest kid at some prep school like you're all going to listen to pet cemetery now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wish now it's just some playlist that they have going on. Uh,
0: still fun fun song. Uh, again, maybe on par with dream warriors, but uh, again, I, I both songs far superior to you know all that anthrax shit.
1: I, maybe, we'll ha- maybe we'll have to do a specialty show one of these days of soundtrack-specific rock and metal songs.
0: I would be down for that. I would also be down if we ever get, uh, like, George Lynch or, or Dan Dawkin to do this show. I want to ask them directly about Anthrax dissing them over Dream Warriors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They've just been seething for 40 years and you finally bring it to the surface again.
0: Yeah, it's just break open those wounds all over again. <laughs> Uh, Future, future episode ideas for sure. Um, There is a story that we've been going on about for years now that I would like to revisit if it's okay with you. Sure. The big news this week, well, one of the big news items, I guess, is that Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the Oath Keepers, was sentenced to 18 years in prison for seditious conspiracy conviction. 18 years, that's the most of any of those dipshits that showed up to fucking dick around at the Capitol on January 6th. That's pretty fucking wild, isn't it?
1: And as everyone says, it's not enough, but it's pretty good. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, like he, he will we be dead. gotten none.
0: He will be dead by the time like he's out of there.
1: We could have gotten none. So I'll take 18 years and some of his other accomplices got various years as well. So thanks, John Schaefer.
0: That's really what I wanted to get at here. John Schaefer himself seemed to be a pretty high-ranking fella in these Oath Keepers. And uh, he did the one thing you're not supposed to do. He broke the oath. Again, we told you, dog, don't break the oath. Uh, But he did. And he is, if I can just check here, not in jail. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he was sort of in jail and then out of jail and then he disappeared for a while and then they found him. So we'll see if anything actually comes of it. But I'm assuming because of these now lengthy convictions and sentencing that he gave them enough information where they will let him go, like not even a slap on a wrist, time served. Get out of here, you crazy kid.
0: I I am assuming that he gave them everything they wanted and so much
1: more. Just giving them too much. Like, they ask him to stop. Stop, stop. He's crying, and he's just nibbling on a Wendy's burger that they gave him, and a cop has his arm around him while another one's yelling at him, playing good cop, bad cop.
0: He's like, and one time I saw Stuart, he ran a red light. (laughs) Okay, that's enough.
1: (laughs) You know, I think we might need to do a Freedom of Information Act one of these days to see if... Perhaps they filmed some of the interrogations and questioning of him. Yeah, what is it like? Four hundred dollars to do this?
0: Yeah, we should we should try to get that info out. I think I I think that'd be worthwhile.
1: I mean, that's a better fundraiser than like Avenged Sevenfold trying to get people to buy NFTs to buy Vinny Paul's house. Oh. Oh. Segway. Oh.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead, Jordan.
1: No, I think the rest of the show should just be you having a... Uh, hey, I never need to see Danzig now. <laughs> so, well, the, a couple of... I guess this was probably a year ago at this point. It was news that Vinnie Paul's house, and I use that term lightly. I mean, I guess there were beds in it and there was a roof, so good enough. But his party house... Uh, was for sale and eventually got knocked down by the buyer, uh, which, good move, because this place was hideous. (laughs) Uh, Just in the past month, a YouTube user who goes by the name Neat Elite Detailing took a 16-minute video. It's up on YouTube now. You could just search for it, Vinnie Paul Mansion, to watch it, and did a full walkthrough of the house.
0: Now... We all knew that uh, Vinnie Paul liked a party. That was his primary thing, I guess. Did anything in particular stick out about this party house to you?
1: I think it was the realtor who was trying to sell this. Even they acknowledge, like, this is not a house to be lived in. <laughs> because it's it's very early 90s. Just the way things are shaped, lots of, like, rounded corners and alcoves and those square blocks of glass for windows
0: bricks yeah i love those yeah
1: that's super dated and just screams late 80s early 90s and this person does a little walkthrough it's not the most entertaining like commentary which is real disappointing he's just kind of walking with his cell phone going like here's a closet nope this is the kitchen which is uh, come on have some fun with it yeah uh some of the takeaways from it is there's a lot of checkered board flooring, black and white checkered board. Classic. <laughs> which, again, yeah, <laughs> smooth place. Uh, it, the place has been gutted, so there's like not furniture around. Um, a lot of the carpet's been pulled up for whatever reason. Uh, if there are holes in the wall, like I can understand ripping out for copper wiring. I don't quite understand the carpeting. <laughs> Maybe a fire hazard or something. I don't know. Uh, but. You know, for the most part, it's just here's a room with nothing in it. They do go into his bathroom where there's on the mirror just pasted stickers from different tours, which cool, I guess. There's some history that that people wanted. But the weird thing that doesn't really get addressed, there's a slight commentary of, huh, that's weird, is that there is one room with a two-way mirror – it's like a little closet with a two-way mirror. And on the other side, there's a bookcase wall, like, you know, it flips, and the wall has a lot, like, a padlock on it. Oh, so he had or a, a dead- he had, like, a torture room. Something. <laughs> a sucking and fucking room, maybe.
0: Something very untoward has happened here, maybe
1: multiple times. <laughs> just a big deadbolt lock on a wall that can spin around and a two way mirror. So people can assume whatever they want for the gross man who had a panini beard and lived at a strip club.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, if you'd like to go back to the episode where we read Rex Brown's book, uh, and recount the many passages, uh, written about Vinnie Paul, uh, and his, uh, uh, weird ways with women and uh, otherwise inability to get laid. I would recommend maybe listening to that and drawing your own conclusions based on the picture being presented here.
1: Same and example. now it's all gone. It was knocked down. So,
0: there oh boy, who knows how many, uh, how much, uh, how many crimes the evidence is lost forever now.
1: <laughs> Just the stench of a thousand sad orgasms, reeking the walls forever.
0: Damn shame. Um, I'm sure that, you know, whatever is going to be in that spot there will be equally as tasteful.
1: <laughs> It'll just be haunted. Uh, almost certainly, dude. Uh,
0: so that's a shame. I'm, it's a bummer that, uh, you know, M. Shadow's stupid plan to sell NFTs to somehow create a Pantera museum uh, didn't, uh, didn't pan out. But, you know, I'm sure all of his other dumbass crypto plans will.
1: It's always NFTs with the guy. Everything. I mean, when all you've got
0: is a hammer, everything looks like a fucking nail, doesn't it?
1: He's gonna try to buy sandwiches with it, <laughs> and then try to entice ladies to come back to his loft, and just be like, "I'll, I'll give you an NFT. Come on." I'm just, just saying, touch it. If he had any real
0: fucking belief in this horseshit he was peddling, he would probably move to El Salvador. You know, uh, you know, their idiot president uh, has presided <laughs> over like a huge failure of the economy by trying to become the crypto country. And if M. Shadows and the lot really believe in that, I think they ought to go there. I think, that's the, I think that's the right idea for everybody.
1: But he changed his avatar on Twitter to have the laser eyes. That means it's happening. He's But he's based. <laughs> I was promised bastedness. Uh, I,
0: I was told that uh, things would be based now. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's fun. That's that's good stuff uh, all, all over there. Oh, man. What... what What a mess. What a mess overall. Uh, Is there anything else that you saw this week that you really would like to talk about on this show?
1: We don't have to talk about it, but it's just so stupid. came across this morning Phil Labonte responding to Matt Iglesias and then Matt Iglesias responding to him. And also, Elon Musk was involved. Just the worst people ever.
0: Wow, I Just hate fighting. I hate the three of them so much <laughs> that I'm not sure which one I hate the most there.
1: The enemy of my enemy is my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't have the whole thing here, and I'm not going to find it. Because, again, these are awful people, I bother. But Labonte had responded to Matt Iglesias, who was fine to Elon Musk. The left will always hold you to your own standard, but they will never hold themselves to your standard. Ignore them. Now, just imagine someone thinking Matt Iglesias is the left. Uh,
0: sure, but also I'm, I'm uh, just in awe of the master of logic that this guy <laughs> is putting together this sentence. Like, the left will hold you to their standard, but not hold you to my standard. Like, go ahead and play that through, homeboy. Like, explain this to me, Plato.
1: <laughs> I think this was all in reference to, like, Turkey and Twitter falling over themselves to block Erdogan's critics oh, yeah, yeah, during yeah. their election. I, and so I, and so I, I, Iglesias, I appreciated
0: uh, the Musk defenses that is like, what else was I supposed to do? <laughs> of course I just, just. Just not?
1: Yeah, of course I went <laughs> along with exactly what they asked me. Duh. And, you know, don't look at this deal that SpaceX just cut with Turkey. And Iglesias responded. Look, Musk chose of his own volition to proclaim himself to be a free speech absolutist, or absolutist, excuse me. And now it turns out that the world is complicated and there are tradeoffs, blah, blah, blah. And it's his company and he can do whatever he wants with it. But I think it's funny. So there you go. Just awful people fighting.
0: All of them suck so bad. Uh, truly, truly some of the worst people online, I would say. I don't know about you, but my, my Twitter experience has been not very fun anymore, uh, simply because the blue checks are getting, uh, getting risen to the top of every single thread, and all of them have the sentience of, like, a hamster. They're so fucking dumb, dude. So bad at posting. I can't, I can't really deal with it.
1: They're loud and dumb, and we're being forced to say it.
0: Hate it. Hate it so much. Uh, f- oh, uh, let me uh, let me get a quick uh, bumper-oony here. Uh, today, as soon as I uh, finish recording here with you, Jordan, I'm publishing the new Patreon episodes, uh, part two of Prosthetic Records, and the playlist for the month, which is a best of, past, and present of Prosthetic Records. So, uh, well worth uh, your, like, $5 if you want the additional content, because we certainly appreciate it. And again, you give us more money, we will do more bonus episodes for you, including ones where we just talk about shit that we're finding in 40-year-old metal mags.
1: It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's fun going through some of these bands on record labels and going, wait, what band is this? Oh, good. Another Doom band. Cool. Who's this? Oh, it's a side death metal band of someone who has five other projects on this label. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. So I guess we're going to continue doing that. Are we doing unique leader? Are we really doing? No, I'm not going to
0: fucking do unique leader. God, get out of here. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here.
1: We'll, we'll do like one show in the future where we do like unique leader and 20 bucks spin and willow tip. And some of these like much smaller niche labels where we know maybe five bands on there that we could actually talk about.
0: That's a good idea. Lightning round this shit. (laughs)
1: Um, just, just us struggling to read Unique Leader names is worth the price of a alone. loan. <laughs> it, Orchiectomy, lobotomy, disembowel... <clears throat>
0: inequitibus, inek, iniquity.
1: <laughs> unique Leader should just sign one of those hardcore bands that go by like one word. Like, you have uh, organectomy, disembowelment, flameotomy, and shelf.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to go with shelf.
1: <laughs> and
0: flop basement uh, drain <laughs> anyway uh, all that stuff is well and good uh, give us money give us money give us money uh, we also have the discord which you're welcome to join uh, if you have any ideas for shows any questions or comments anything you want to hear or take us to task for you can hit us up in our DMs on Twitter I'm Joe Thrash and Kill. you are at 365 days of horror
1: anything else you got Email us, toiletofhell at gmail.com, of hell radio at gmail.com, like us on Facebook and Instagram and all those other places, and we are working on merch. It's slow going, but it will happen.
0: Yeah, I hit a snag. I was really unhappy with the end result uh, that I got from somebody, and I am not going to put uh, ugly, I'm not going to have uncool shirts. That's the thing. Uh, I've got another guy that I'm working with right now and we are going to come correct if we are coming at all. That's, that's what I will say about this.
1: We will come until we're done coming. Exactly. Uh,
0: and as for me, I'm done. I'm going to bed. That's it. Bye. 66.6 FM Radio Radio. TOVH The Flush